Amen. Well, that's good stuff right there. It's a great song. That song uh, reminds me of Somersault Camp. I believe that was uh, one of the first times I heard that song. And uh, I think I also remember um, Olivia, one of our interns, singing that song here in the chapel as well as in the sanctuary, and she brought it down. And uh, it's a great song. It sets us free. Um, it really applies to the book of Galatians when it comes to uh, the teaching of the Scriptures. And uh, if Jesus said He, we're free in Him, we are free. Uh, it's good to see you this morning, church. I want to invite you to take your Bibles and turn with me to the Galatians chapter 5. And we're going to look at verses 7 through 10. Uh, Pastor Aaron is uh, on some vacation days. Uh, I think he's doing some work at the farm in Tennessee. So uh, he wanted me to encourage you that he's going to pick up with the fruit of the Spirit next Sunday. Uh, so be, be ready for that. Uh, as, he, as he was talking about filling in for him today, I was thinking about what message to do to be complimentary to uh, his series that he started in Galatians. And uh, as he was preaching last Sunday, uh, this text, uh, he went over it, but I want to dive into it a little bit deeper. And uh, there's, there's a root cause as to why the Galatians were being uh, troubled in their teaching. So if you will turn to Galatians chapter 5, we're going to look at verses 7 through 10. I do want to just highlight a few things. we got some of our uh, people in here today. It's good to see them in the house. And I hope in two weeks we will see you in the house. Uh, I'm excited to get, get back. Uh, that's just my opinion. Some churches have started last week. Some have already started uh, to even today more. And I think more is uh, in the domino uh, role. And so hopefully by May 31st, um, majority of churches will be back open. And so uh, that will be that will include Edward Road Baptist Church. So we can't wait. Today, normally at this time, we would be honoring on the third Sunday of uh, the month. We'd be honoring our graduates. And so um, it's uh, it's kind of a misplaced time right now for our graduates. I feel for them, but we will and we are going to honor them. I see Graham in the in the house today, uh, Carl. So uh, congratulations to all of our graduates high school and college graduates, and so we commend you for uh, all your accomplishments and your achievements, and uh, we just want to celebrate with you. We're going to do that May 31st, and if your mom and dad's okay with it, I'm going to give you a hug. Is that all right? Uh, I'm going to give you some love, and so if you don't want to do that, you can do it from a distance, but I'm available. You're my people, and so I want to give you uh, a celebra- celebrative um, uh, time. So take your Bible. It's Galatians chapter 5. We're going to go verses 7 through 10. And if y'all notice in the back, just I got to highlight this. It's a big change, transformation. Josh Axman was on the base. And Josh Axman has got a haircut of all haircuts. I mean, like a haircut of haircuts. Like uh, he looks uh, not like Jesus anymore, but like Keith Green. And so, man, you are the man. I, I like it. That's, that's styling. And so, uh, man, y'all got, y'all got to hit up Josh on social media, text him and let him know uh, about his haircut. It looks great. I love it. Um, also, uh, just, just be mindful that uh, next week Pastor Aaron will pick up in Fruit of the Spirit and then two weeks from today we are going to be uh, in worship. So here, here's a text that uh, I, I, I've read several times. I'm bothered by the text I'm about to read you. Let me tell you, my spirit is troubled. This is the kind of text that keeps a pastor, a preacher up a lot. And it is in verses, Galatians chapter 5, verses 7 through 10. And uh, before I read that, just pray with me, church, if you will. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to preach your word anytime, any setting, any place, Lord. 
Lord, it's an honor to be your servant. It's an honor to be called a table waiter for you, God. Lord, you are the awesome, true, and holy, and living God, and there is none like you. Lord, we thank you that we can still gather, Lord, a few of us in presence and many online to uh, hear your name praised and worship and join in collectively and then hear your word preached, Lord. And I pray our people and anybody listening, Lord, will actually listen with intent to obey your word. Lord, not what people say, not what man says, but what your word says. Lord, speak to us today like like speaking to our souls, Lord, awaken us, Lord, during this time. Refresh us, revive us, Lord. We, we're going to give you the glory and the honor for all that you're going to do in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me read the text and then start from there. Galatians chapter 5 and verses 7 through 10. Here's what the Bible says. So uh, he's preaching to uh, uh, the Galatian church. We're talking about really the church of Galatia. There's multiple churches. It's not just one church, but a multiple churches in this area. And when Pastor Ann was preaching last week, and even uh, our, our men that was reading, and Brother Randy Butler was reading the text, I, I just want to weep when I get to verse 7. Look at verse 7. Verse 7 through 10, here's what the Bible says. Paul says to them, he says, You were running well. Did you catch that, church? You were, you were running well, past tense. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? Verse 8 says, This persuasion is not from Him who calls you. That is, it didn't come from God. God did not tell you to start and then stop following Jesus. Look at verse 9. He says, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. Verse 10 says, I have confidence in the Lord that you will take no other view. That is, that you'll stop this, that you'll return to the Lord. And he, he, sort, of, he sort of lets them know that he, he believes in the Lord, that the Lord's going to turn them toward back toward Him and His way. And then he said, and the one who is troubling you will bear the penalty, whoever he is. So, uh, Pastor Aaron has been setting us up in this, in this text the last couple of weeks, and we understand that these are, these are false teachers. The, these are, these are people who are disguised as, as preachers, as preachers of the true gospel. But they're not. In fact, they are, they, they preach Christ, but they preach Christ plus works. And so that's not the gospel. And that's where circumcision comes in. This is where the legal, legalist comes in. This is their salvation. Christ plus works. When Paul says, no, 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 no. It's never been that way. It's never going to be that way. It's in faith in Christ alone, period. It will always be that way. That's the, that's the true doctrine. That's the biblical doctrine. In fact, Galatians 2.16 says that we're not, uh, we're not justified by works of the law. We're justified by faith in Jesus Christ. That's in your Bibles. Galatians 2.16. Uh, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 declares that, affirms that. Paul's writing says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, church, and this is not of your own doing, that it's, it's not a work, it's a gift. God gave us a gift. Verse 9 says, It's not a result of works, lest any man should boast. If I, if I could boast about my works, I would. Because there's, this John Freeman has a prideful heart. We all do. We all like to trash talk about some things. I think Barry Brown was just saying a few minutes ago how he's wanted to trash talk me when we start playing some ping pong again. And even though his record is almost zilt versus mine, he's got a mic set up ready to trash talk me. See, that's the pride of man. That's the pride of our hearts. And I will dish it back out just as much as he will me. So I'm just as prideful. 
But you understand, if we could, if we could boast and brag about our works, about our salvation, we would do it. And man tries to do it today thinking he's done something for himself, but that's not true. That's not the gospel. So how can the doctrine of salvation in the scriptures be so clear that it's through faith in Jesus Christ, yet, yet people who started following suddenly stop? That troubles me. I've been in student ministry now a long time. And I'm here to tell you, church, listen to me. I'm a man that weeps when I hear a student to say, I'm done. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait, what? What do you mean done? Like, I'm done. Like, you're not coming to church anymore? No. I've had my full, I've been to student ministry, that's my thing, check, it's done. I've been to some of the camps, I've been to Bible study, I've been to special events, and they are fading from the church of the body of Christ. That bothers me. I hope it bothers you, church. And, and I could, I could name dozens by, by name, from Alabama to Tennessee to South Carolina, of students who have walked away. They have been deceived by false teaching and deceived by the number one deceiver himself, and that's the enemy. It bothers me. It bothers me every time. Galatians 5, 7 says, You were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? It speaks of professing believers. And I'm going to put in quotes, church, professing. They said it with their mouths, but it's not of their heart. So that's professing believers who seemingly started out well, but they... They, they didn't finish. They quit. It tears me up every time. Every time. In fact, go in your Bibles, just hold your finger at that text, Galatians 5, church, and go to Galatians 1, 6. Look how that starts. Turn there with me, church. Galatians 1, 6. And so as Paul gives a short introductory, he launches quickly into the book and he attacks the false uh, teachers and that that the believers who said they profess Jesus, he says this in Galatians 1.6, I am astonished that you are so quickly, notice quickly, so it's like he led them to the Lord, it could have been a few months ago, it could have been while he was in jail, the church got started, and all of a sudden, just like that, they turn on a dime, and he says, just like that, so quickly, you're deserting Him, that is God, who called you in the grace of Christ, and you're turning to a different gospel. A different gospel, as Pastor Aaron says, means it's a distorted gospel. It's not the true gospel. And Paul is like, I don't, I heard you was following Jesus. Remember, I actually was there. I led you to the Lord. I saw other people be led to the Lord. And all of a sudden, just like that, I'm, I'm in a jail cell and now I hear, wait, you're stopped following Jesus? That's bothersome to Paul because he knows that that harms the body of Christ, that harms the kingdom of God from growing. And yes, God is sovereign. God is in control. But listen to me. He cares about these people. Paul cares about them. He knows that there's deceivers who has slipped in to the church. It bothers me. It reminds me of the text. Just write down this reference, church. Of John chapter 6. I weep over this text every time I read it. John chapter 6. This is in verses 60 through 66. Jesus is teaching, he's been teaching on the bread, he's been teaching that he is the bread, he talks about having to eat the bread, and he got into some hard teaching. And, and the Bible uses the text as in disciples, but really it was just fans of Jesus, not followers of Jesus. Okay? So some of them be believed, but a lot of them were just following because he was feeding a lot of people. And so when you read John chapter 6, 60 through 66, they like, hey, this is a hard teaching. We can't understand that. And when he goes a little bit deeper, look, verse 66, John 6, 66. Write this down as a reference, church. 
It says, after this, that is after his teaching, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. That's, that troubles me. You can sit under good preaching. I'm talking about biblical preaching, steady, constant dripping of the word at a church, and then all of a sudden just walk away? What is up with that? And we're talking about the master of teachers, church. Jesus himself, they walked away from Jesus. That should bother us. That's what that text reminds me of. Galatians 5, 7. He says, you were running well. You were, past tense. You started off good, but you didn't finish. And might I add, the Christian faith is about finishing. No, it's not about my perseverance and that's what gives me the achievement. But what it says is, I started believing and professing at 12 at 3213 Comanche Street in Fort Worth, Texas. And I'm here to tell you, listen to me, at Taylor, South Carolina, and at 48 years old, I'm still professing and still believing. I'm still proclaiming that. That is my profession. And it's outward evidence in my life. And if you didn't see it, you would say, I question mark whether John Freeman ever got saved. If he's been changed by Jesus Christ. But you understand I can't stop at 48 and go, man, I've spent all my time in ministry. That's it. I'm walking away. I'm going to go do something fun, hang out my, and spend the rest of my life on myself. No, I got to do it until the day I draw my last breath. That's, that's the believing. That's the persevering of the saints. It's not about our effort. No, God enables us to persevere in hard times, in troubled times, in false teaching times in this world. No, you just keep persevering. In fact, Paul uses the analogy of the metaphor of running. You were running well. What happened? He says that specifically, uh, that these false teachings is hindering the progress of their faith. In fact, it, they hit a wall. Runners hit a wall when they get tired sometimes. In fact, he uses the word, verse 7, hindered. This is the word for breaking up a road. This is, means almost like, like somebody basically just charred up the road and it was, it was un, it was uneven. It was, it was not smooth path for walking, for running. And so these become hurdles. It becomes obstacles for the believers at Galatia to keep following Jesus. And those hurdles was false teaching. You need circumcision. Oh yeah, we'll talk about Jesus. Oh yeah, we'll, we'll talk about uh, following him. But to really be a Jewish believer, to really be a follower, you've got to do this extra. That's not biblical. It's never been biblical. It's not what Jesus said. So these were false teachers, false teaching. Do you know that the Bible refers to a false teacher? There's several metaphors. One it refers to, Jesus refers to him as a wolf. A wolf. A wolf in sheep's clothing. In fact, Matthew 7, verse 15 through 16 says, Jesus said, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. Beware, they'll bite you. But he also refers, Paul refers to this false teacher as a dog. Hello, let me read to you the text. Uh, turn with me, church, to Philippians. Hold your finger at Galatians 5. And go to Philippians, turn right in your Bible. Ephesians, then Philippians. And look at chapter 3. Verse 2. Write this reference down, church. Put an asterisk beside it. Let it be a warning to you that Paul refers to these false teachers as dogs. Philippians 3, 2 says, He said, look out for the dogs. That is, beware of the dogs 
for the for the evildoers, look out for those who mutilate the flesh. That talks about circumcision. Look here, church. Beware of the dogs. Are you with me? You ever seen one of these signs before? You ever seen one of these? When I see this, I my, my alarm, my senses go up. Are you with me? It goes up big time. Because typically what that says is, I got a vicious animal back there that to protect me. Oh, he's nice to my family. But you jump that fence, he's going to get you. And it might be a front. May not be a real dog there. But I, I think I'm going to pay attention to the warning sign. What he's saying spiritually, beware of the dogs. The dogs is referred to as the, the false teachers. In fact, um, the Bible says in Revelations, outside the city walls of heaven, that it says the dogs will be there. We're not talking about physical dogs. He refers, that's a, that's a reference to the false teachers. That's going to be their judgment. In fact, God is so so staunch about false teaching and about calling them out, about avoiding them, about, about uh, uh, unearthing all of their false teaching that He says there's judgment coming on them. Big time judgment. They're troublemakers. They're dogs per se. And you say, what kind of dog are you talking about? Not all dogs are bad. We're talking about the vicious. These are the dogs, one commentary says, the herd of dogs which prowl about eastern cities without a home, without an owner, feeding on their refuse, the garbage and the filth of the streets. This is what they do. These dogs insert that filth and that garbage into the church. And Paul says, wait, no, that's, you're not going to have that. I started that church by the grace of Jesus Christ. I want that church to grow. We want the kingdom of God to grow. And you cannot bring in your trash. That's why we're very protective in Everdrove Baptist Church. And any church should be about who they allow to teach the Word. We want to know what does the Bible say? What does the Bible say? So we try to guard against that. So these are legalists. And they're, 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 they're throwing their trash in there. Basically, here's what you can call them too. The Bible also refers to this as a heretic. That's strong language. A heretic. A, a false teacher is in reality a heretic. There's three characteristics that the Bible describes of a heretic. First, they deny. That is, they outright reject the doctrines of God's Word. They, 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 they do it in a subtle way. They don't just come out and say, hey, we're a, we're a, we're a representative of darkness. No. But they basically try to make a hybrid of the good gospel, the only good gospel, with their distorted gospel. They try to blend it in so it doesn't look like they're actually rejecting it, but ultimately they are rejecting the gospel. That's what the Bible says. That's what this heretic does. That's what the false teachers do. Hey church, beware. They're out there. They're out there. You can turn on the TV right now during this service. You best not, I'm just going to tell you. And any other time, and you'll find some dogs. Tell the truth, church. You'll find some dogs on TV. They got an audience. They got, they got some, uh, they got some, they got a voice. They got a band, but they're not teaching the true gospel. No, they're not. Beware, church. Here's what else they, uh, characteristic of a heretic. They divide. They deny the gospel and they divide. They want to split the church. They want to split the creation of God's institution of His holy bride. He wants to divide it. He wants to, he, he wants to conquer it. This is the enemy. By the way, the heretic has been deceived himself by the enemy who wants to uh, bring down the Lord's church. Here's the third characteristic. They devour. They'll leave a wake of mess in the church. I've seen too many churches that have been torn up and just been 
just been trashed because of false teaching. All because of the deceiver deceived people. They deceived other people. And, and, and the wake is just, it's horrible. It's like a funeral. Beware, church. Beware. I'm serious. They'll die, deny, they'll divide, they'll devour. Listen to this. So much that the Galatians had ceased to obey the plain truth. Look at Galatians 5, 7, B. He says, who hindered you from obeying the truth? You know the truth. I taught you the truth. I'm still feeding you the truth. Uh, we set up leaders in the church to feed you the truth, to, to re, reproclaim that truth, to, to tell it to you again and to tell others, but you're not obeying the plain, simple truth. Man. So they secretly come in. You know, the enemy is a great counterfeiter. Great counterfeiter, church. In fact, if you read just this text, just write down the text, and I'm just going to highlight three things out of this text. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 11, and it's around verses, uh, oh, about 10 or so through 15, right in that range, maybe 11 through 15. And there's three things about the great counterfeiter. The dog, the chief of dogs of false teachers, the Satan himself. Satan poses himself as an angel of light. That's what 2 Corinthians chapter 11 says. He poses himself as somebody that's friendly. Somebody that's, that's welcoming. Somebody that's, that can be your friend. But all along, he's looking to deceive you. And this, this enemy of ours, Satan himself, poses an angel lie. He deceives other people. That is, he, 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 he deceives other people through a false gospel. Those minist- those people become ministers of His deceivingly. Don't, don't think so. They think they're doing well. The Apostle Paul was a deceiver. He was thought he was serving God by persecuting the church. You can read about that in Acts. And so he was deceived himself. He'll tell you about it. So they, he deceives other people with the false gospel. And then these false ministers produce false Christians. In every category, it's false, it's false, it's false. That's the great counterfeiter. He thinks he's real, but he's not. In fact, it's a veneer. It's an appearance, a covering of Christianity, but it's not Christian. It's emphatically not Christian. Turn in your Bibles, church. Go to 2 Peter chapter 2. We'll come back to Galatians. Go to 2 Peter chapter 2. Pick up me in verse 1. 1 through 3. 2 Peter chapter 2. 1 through 3. Boy, he mentions the dogs here. Uh, And I'm not talking about Georgia Bulldogs. I'm talking about the false prophets. 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. Here's what the Bible says. And by the way, this is from the guy, Peter. It's interesting that Peter would write about false prophets. Of course, God ordained it. But he himself got deceived by their hypocrisy. If you'll read that, that's in Galatians. I think uh, Aaron, Pastor Aaron referred to that last week over in chapter 2 when Pete, Paul had to oppose Peter and Barnabas to their face because they was buying into this. They was being sympathetic toward both sides. And you cannot walk the middle of the line between God and the devil. You're on one side or the other. One side or the other. You cannot, you cannot straddle the fence. So hey Peter, wake up buddy. We're talking about the chief leader of the church. One of them. So if you want to think you can't be deceived by the dog's church, listen to me. The leader of all leaders got deceived. You have to be on your guard. 
The enemy is that deceiving. So look what the text says. So Peter must have woken up, praise God. Spiritually, he finishes strong. And uh, we'll get to talk with Peter one day in heaven and praise God, celebrate our Lord together. Second Peter chapter 2, verses 1-3. through three. Here's what he says. But false prophets also rose among people. So he tells us they rose before. He says, just as there will be future tense, will be false teachers among you. Did you hear that, church? He's going to go and tell you they're coming. They're coming for me. They're coming for you. They're coming for every Joe Baptist church. They're coming for any other church that represents the Lord Jesus Christ. He says there will be false teachers among you. You will, he will, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies. There's the word heretic for heretic. That is, these things are blasphemous doctrines. Even denying the master who bought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction. It goes on to tell us the characteristic of verse 2. And many will follow. That is, sadly, they will be deceived. They will follow their sensuality. They'll be seductive. They'll be popular. They'll be, uh, they'll be, uh, uh, they'll have a persuasion about them that's easily to follow. And it says, because of them, the way of truth, the way of truth, that is the gospel truth, Jesus being the way of truth, will be blasphemy. And it says, verse 3, in their greed, they will exploit you. Be careful. They'll, they'll exploit you in their greed. That's the, that's the bottom line. They've been deceived with false words. Their condemnation from long ago is not idle and their destruction is not asleep. They will be judged. The Bible says that. Uh, in fact, uh, Galatians 5.10 says, at the latter part, 5.10b, it tells us uh, that the penalty's coming, whoever he is. So he's saying is, I don't know that guy's name, that person's name. It, it might be, uh, it might be anybody in that community. Whoever's teaching the, the era of the way into that church, he says he's going to get it. He's going to get it. So he's the great counterfeiter. So, uh, so church, here, here's something about this. Look in verse, look in verse nine. Well, verse eight says, notice this didn't come from the Lord. The Lord is not a person who causes trouble. Uh, God, God doesn't start and stop. God, God is not a God of confusion. He, he's straightforward with us in his book. And, and church, listen to me. When he says this didn't come from God, this is not the gospel of God. He said in verse nine, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. So it refers to just a little bit of error. Remember, Pastor Aaron was talking about this a few weeks ago, that a little bit of leaven or leaven was referred to as, as symbolic of evil, even though Yeast rows are not evil. Can I get a witness? But but we're talking about the symbolic of, of yeast being evil. And he's saying a little bit of untruth will mess up the whole batch. I don't suspect if I was uh, batching uh, some cookies, making up a, a, a just from scratch, and uh, and I, I was throwing in my ingredients, and all of a sudden, guess what? Trinkle in over here, a little cockroach, and it just falls into my batch. And I go, huh. Praise God, you need to spray your house. That's all I'm going to say. Here, here's the deal, and you and you and you circle it like this, and I'll say, "Well, that's okay." And you begin to keep circling. Do you think you want to eat that batch of cookies? I don't think so. If I saw it, in fact, if you gave me that batch of cookies, it'd be it'd be on like it would be in Texas. Do you hear me? That is just, this is wrong. So that that's just not something we do. It just that's the, ruins the whole batch. You throw the whole thing away. And so verse nine says, "A little leaven leavens the whole lump." A little bit of false teaching. It's so dangerous, it corrupts everything. 
I just read about this. You may have too, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm sad to hear about this. And, and this is not uh, demeaning on dogs in general. But, but there's vicious dogs. There are some dogs that you need to be aware of. But I heard recently, and it just, it just breaks my heart, that this one lady had a French bulldog. We're talking about a small dog. A small dog. Not a big dog. A small dog that already had some vicious, tenacious uh, t- uh, tendencies about him. It already been flagged once or twice. And she, in her goodness of her heart, brought that dog in. That dog began to bite at her and it ended up mauling her. That's in, that's in the news recently. We're talking about something small. You say, how can something small be so vicious? Oh, I'm telling you, listen to me. It can. And the, and the era of, the, of, of these false teachers can bring down and put a bite on the church. You've got to guard against it. A little of it will hurt you. It will hurt you, church. In fact, we got to be careful. Here's some examples that Paul alone gives us of people who started but didn't finish. Listen to me, church. Just jot down these references. These are people who were deceived. They, they professed Jesus Christ at some point. They began started following, and then all of a sudden, they faded. There was no more. Here they are. This is all from First and Second Timothy, the books of First and Second Timothy, and Paul names them. By the way, it's so it's so important that we that we teach against false teaching that you at times should have called out people's names. Now, here's what I do. I'm not going to do it on social media personally until I actually call them personally. Are you with me? That's just the way you do it. You approach them and say, "Hey, man, this this is not the gospel. What's up with this?" Then that's the way you do that. You approach them personally. But Paul, listen to me in the scriptures. He called them out. And their names are for all eternity in the book of those who started following, got deceived, and then begin to deceive others. Here's some of them. First, you can write down this reference, church. Examples. 1 Timothy 1, 18-20. And it names Hamanaeus and Alexander. It refers to them as people who rejected this gospel and they shipwrecked their faith. Did you hear that, church? That means they hit the wall. They hit the rocks. They did, they're not sailing anymore for the Lord. And he says, basically, I've handed them over to Satan so they would not blaspheme anymore. So they, that's the one who professed Jesus Christ and all of a sudden they got deceived and they begin to teach wrong doctrine. And he says, I, I pray the Lord would just shut them up and shut up the mouth of the devil himself. Here's two more people. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15. Phagellus and Hermogenes refers to two people who it literally says the Scriptures turned away from me. Now remember, they're not following Paul. They're following Jesus in Paul. They turned away from Paul because they turned away from Jesus. That saddens me. That saddens me. But he, he names them. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 16 through 19. He names him again, Hamanaeus, unless there's two of them. And then he says, Philetus. So he calls out another person, and here's what he says about them, who have swerved from the truth, saying that the resurrection had already happened. Hello, you know why it's not already happened? I'm still here. These brothers are still here, who profess Jesus Christ. Paul says, I'm still here. What kind of doctrine is that that says the resurrection has already happened? That's false doctrine. That is, that's blasphemous. And so he calls them out. Notice the word swerved. They wasn't, they're not going straight anymore, church. They, they got off the path. 
Here's, here's another one he names, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 9 through 10. He says, do your best to come to me, he says to uh, Timothy, for Demas, D-E-M-A-S, has fallen in love with this present world and has deserted me. That is, he's forsaken me and he's gone to Thessalonica. So he says, here's a person who professed Christ and basically what he said, he said, I've had enough. I actually like the world better. And he turned and walked away. That's the state of a lot of church today. In fact, the Bible says there's a falling away that's happening and it will happen. You want to know why a lot of people don't come to church anymore? You want to know who professed Jesus Christ? Because it really didn't ever birth in their hearts. It didn't take up residence. It didn't didn't maturate. It, It didn't mature. It did not grow. And these are some names he specifically calls out. I can, I can think of a lot of students. A lot, a lot, a lot of professing church members at Ever Joe Baptist Church just in the beginning of my eighth year that I can name. And I'm not going to do it online, but I'm going to tell you, they're no longer here. And listen to me, it's not about going to Ever Joe Baptist Church. It's about where do you go somewhere? Where are you plugged in? Where are you serving if you love Jesus Christ? Here's what it is. They're not going nowhere. Zero. What does that say? Now, if they start saying, hey, you know, Jesus Christ is not that important. Uh, Jesus Christ is not the way. Uh, that's blasphemous. They're showing who they really are. In fact, church, we can't be naive. We can't claim ignorance when it comes to the doctrines of God's Word. We've got to be students of the Word. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14 says, Paul says, so that we may no longer be children. And it's time to grow up in Christ tossed and to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning and craftiness and deceitful schemes. we got to know our Bibles. You can't claim ignorance and say, well, I just didn't know that. No, you got to get in the Word if you say you know the Word. Get under the Word. Get with some people who know the Word. In fact, unfortunately, uh, Paul says... Today's times is like the times he mentioned in 2 Timothy 4, verses 3 through 4, when people will not endure sound doctrine and they want their ears tickled. That's where we at, that we living in that period. Oh, listen to me. We, we've been living in that period. They want their ears uh, fed. And they, and they don't care if this is just a portion of the gospel and then, then there's a newspaper and then there's a book that goes with it and everything else that you say, but it has no Bible, it has no gospel. That's, that's tickling ears. Write this down, church. Here's just four major. There's more, but four major areas to identify false teachers. Here they are. Just, you want to check them out? Here we are. First of all, check, check their view of the Bible. Their view of the Bible. Hey, does their Bible have 66 books? Is it the only authoritative book that they believe? Is it from Genesis to Revelations? Huh? Is it, does it have a, does it have the gospel of Jesus Christ? Is there any other books added to that book if they're a false teacher? And there is some false teaching that says, oh, the Bible's good, but we can change it any time. And we got some additional books that we call authoritative that we add to it. Wrong. That's blasphemous. That's blasphemous. How about this? Is the Bible inspired? Well, it's a good book. Wrong. Okay. No, it is the best book. It is the holy book. It is the inspired book. It is God's word to man. This book is the best book and the only book that God has ordained that we read divinely. Divinely. 
for our souls. There's other great books, but they should be supplementary to the Bible. About the Bible. So their view of the Bible, you better check their view of the Bible. Before I start any church going, what's your view of the Bible? Before I listen to anybody online, what's your view of the Bible? I want to know about it. Well, I, I, I like John, but I don't like Galatians. Not following you. How about this church? Second area. Their view of the person and the work of Jesus Christ. See, the reason why the Bible is so important is because Jesus Christ is in the book. I read the Bible because I read about Jesus. Jesus is in the book. Jesus is the Word. He's the Logos. It's both. When you say the Bible and Jesus, we're talking about they go together like gloves. They are together. And so here, here's something about that. Is He divine? Well, He was just human. He's not God. He's just human. No, He's both. Scripture says that both He's God and man. He's the Son of Man. He's the Son of God. And so, uh, what, what does this teacher say about Jesus? Um, well, I mean, He's a nice guy. I mean, He's inspiring. But like, you know, He's not my hero. I'm not following you. I'm done. If Jesus is not your hero, whoever the teacher is teaching, if Jesus is not your hero and the book is not your book, I'm not following you. That's, that's some areas that you've got to check it out. In fact, listen to this. This is in Matthew 16, verses 15 through 16, when Jesus asked the disciples, Who do you say I am? That sounds like a great song. Who do you say I am? And then Simon Peter, praise God, he had some, he had some problems like we all do, but bless God, he knew when to rose to the occasion and proclaimed Jesus Christ. And he says, he says, I'll tell you who you are. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. That's who you are. See, I like people that makes no bones about it. Just come out with it. I don't like people who just kind of fish around. Well, Jesus is this. No, no. Jesus is this. That's an area. Got to be careful uh, when they don't talk about Jesus. How about this church? Their view of salvation. Their view of salvation. Is Jesus the only way? Or are there many ways? You don't need to watch Oprah to find that out. going to say that to you. And anybody else who follows that false teaching, Jesus is the only way. He's always been the only way. He will always be the only way. John 14, 6 says He is the way, the truth, and the life. Period. That's my Jesus. Listen to this. How about their view of salvation? Is it by faith only or is it through good works? We see that in Galatians. We see that in Galatians right here. They're trying to preach a good works mentality. Their view of salvation will be big. And you say, how do you find out about that? you got to go back to number one. It's about the book. It's about the book. Here's the fourth area. Their view on the church. Their view on the church. Hey, some people really believe that they can have Jesus and they don't need the church. They don't need to attend corporate worship. They don't need to be involved. They don't need to give. They don't need to do anything. Hey, I'm, I got saved at whatever age and I, I, I do my own thing now. That's not biblical. In fact, that is just as unbiblical as it gets, and that causes more false teaching to domino effect and build up on top of each other, and that building will collapse. Here's what they'll say. Here's what I want to ask about that, their view on the church. Do you believe uh, in corporate worship? No, I like individualness. Uh, are you the, will they say they're the only church? we the only true church. If we said we're the only true church as Baptists, well, it's a false teaching. That's false teaching. Even though I'm a proud Southern Baptist, 
I believe in Southern Baptist doctrine. Uh, I love Jesus, and I've, I've served in the Southern Baptist church all my life. I grew, I grew up, I started at uh, probably about 12, 13, 14 years old. After I got saved, started going to a Baptist church, and we got a lot of problems, we got a lot of flaws. But here I'm here to tell you, I can, I can say that we try to love Jesus. We try. And there's some, there's some bad Baptist churches, and there's some good Baptist churches. But here's the deal, we cannot say that we are the only church. We're part of the kingdom. The kingdom is bigger than Baptist churches. So we got to realize that. And so if they say they are the only church, mm, be careful. That sounds like a false teaching to me. False teaching. And so there are many other areas we, we got to understand of you. So remember, Satan comes to mislead people about the Bible. He will do anything to undermine the church. Here's something about false teachers. You better check this out. I can name you a whole list of areas of other areas that's very important in addition to those four, but false teachers are most often identified by what they do not affirm. Did you hear that? By what they do not affirm. Hello? That is, they, they're not going to openly deny portions of the Bible, but they're not going to come out and affirm what the Bible says. How about this? Here's areas to check out for false teachers. Be careful if they never mention sin. Don't like the word sin? Sounds negative? Uh, don't, they don't talk about it? Uh, I, you're, you're talking about my Jesus. My Jesus mentioned sin a lot. He talked about repentance of sin, turning from sin, turning to Him. That's in the book. You know how I know about that? I read the book. It goes back to the book. Be careful if they never mention sin. If they never have now, we, we're not just preaching on that all the time, but that is intertwined into the gospel. You know why the gospel is good news? I turn to Jesus Christ, the death and burial resurrection of Jesus Christ, and turn from my sins to the gospel. That's in the part of the good news. I turn from my sins. It's a fallen world. Everybody wants this utopia world that we live in. It's not going to happen. Heaven's coming one day. That's the place that separates from this world. Be careful, they never mention sin. How about this? They never reveal the dangers of sin. They never express the need for repentance of sin. They herald no warnings about the judgment of sin. That is, hey, if you do this, you know you're going to reap consequences. They, if you don't ever hear that, it's always one of those inspiring, it's one of those, one of those cheering and celebration type of sermon every week. Really? Really? That's not my Jesus. That's not my Bible. And listen to me, we're not coming to discourage you by preaching about sin, but preaching about sin will save you. It will protect you and me and the church, the body of Christ. Be careful, they never talk about hell for those who reject the gospel. They never mention it. I talk about heaven a lot. I love heaven. I'm, I'm, I've been reading about heaven. I've been preaching about heaven online. And we're going to heaven one day, church. Soon I'm going. When I draw my last breath, I'll be in the presence of Jesus for all eternity. But there's also a reality. There's a hell for those who will reject Christ. There is. Be careful of the message of their gaps. Gaps. And so if you want to know about a uh, person that's teaching the Word, check out the gaps. Be careful. You say, how do you do all this? First John 4 1 says, well, just don't believe every spirit. Test them. Test them. Don't, don't, don't just buy in to everybody who's online and says, I got credentials. I'm a prophet. Be careful. Just be careful, church. Here's how to protect yourself as we wrap up. 
How do you protect yourself from false teaching? Here it is. You got to get in the Word. You got to get in the Word. You got to stay in the Word. You're like, that's too basic. It's so basic. It's, it has been my life's goal all the time I've been saved. I'm a sinner. We're all sinners. You're a sinner. And I'm going to make mistakes and I'm going to blow it. Even as a believer. But listen to me. I, I don't want to make and create a sinking hole for my life by my sin. When I'm in the Word, it protects me from the detrimental potholes that are out there. Now I'm talking about Floridian type holes. I'm talking about sinkholes that will take your whole house down. So you've got to stay in the Word. That's so basic. I'm always a little alarmed. A little alarmed, church. And I know a lot of people use their phones as their Bible. I've got nothing against that. I'm still a tangible book kind of guy. Okay? And I still use my phone for a lot of scriptures. I look up a lot of scriptures on my phone. But I still like to write in it. Can you tell? I like to make notes. It's still a fairly new Bible. I'm not quite a year old. I'm still trying to mark it up. Read through my whole Bible again. And reread it and reread it and mark it up. I, I do better when it's marked up. It feels better. It's, I can bend it even better. But listen to me, church. I've got to get in the Word for my sake. But when people don't even bring their Bibles when they come to church or gather for Bible study, what does that say? 2 Timothy 2.15 says, you've you got to be a worker not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of truth. You've got to read it daily. You've got to study it. Not just read, oh, I, read I read chapter 5, I'm done. I see that I'm going to go do some. Study it. Spend some time. Memorize it. Meditate on it. And then apply it to your life and to mine. That's how we protect ourselves against false teaching. When I know the real thing and I hear some lies, I'll go, no, that's not true. I've said it so many times to my TV when we was watching different things and my boys and my wife would go, I know what John's about to do. I know what daddy's about to do. Y'all say, but that's wrong. I just say that. You know why I know that's wrong? Because I already read the truth. And I just get fired up right there in my house. We're called to know the truth well enough to see the lie coming from the false teachers. So we can warn other people. Here's secondly, stay connected to a Jesus disciple. Accountability is very important, church. You'll fall into false teaching or be deceived by a false teacher if you don't have a brother or sister holding you accountable. You need a disciple. You say, but... I've been in the church for 40 years. I'm a follower of Jesus. Man, I know everything is to know. I don't. I don't. I still need brothers and sisters in Christ to hold me accountable to hear the word taught. Not just me do the teaching. So I need a discipler. I need someone above me, someone beside me, someone below me. Walking with Jesus. you got to have a discipler. You need to be discipling others so they're not led astray. They're not de- de- following the ways of this false teaching. And here's the third one. you got to guard your heart. Your heart. Don't trust your heart. Proverbs 4 says, it's the wellspring of life. you got to guard your heart. It is susceptible to change. How did Peter just change on a dime? How did these people who profess Christ change on a dime? It happened with a slow fade. you got to guard it. And here's fourthly, church. you got to keep running after Jesus. Keeping your eyes on Jesus, Hebrews 12 says. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. I, I love the painting that's in my office that I asked uh, uh, Austin Ronecker as he, when, when we had chapel in here and he preached in here and he drew all his messages. Praise God for that gift. Now, 
I didn't want to ask impolitely because it could have been for a family member. I said, can I have that? It says to me, you can check it out in my office. It says that Jesus has already finished and there's others that has finished and they're waiting on us to cross the finish line. I want to do that. I want to do it well. Are you with me? I want you to do it well. I want you not just to drag across the finish line, even though that's a finish because we can get beat up by this world, but I want us to, I want us to keep running, running for the Lord and for Him alone. I want to end with one passage. Listen to this. You remember the passage I told you all ago that bothers me all the time? It's the passage where it says you were running where what hindered you. But it's John chapter 6 when those hard teachings from Jesus came and it says they turned away. I didn't read the rest of that text for you and I'm going to finish with it. John chapter 6 verse 66 through 69 says this, After many of the disciples turned back and no longer walked with Him. So He does. Here's what Jesus does. Every time I read this, I, I sense Jesus' heart was just like, wow. Verse John 6.67, so Jesus turned to the twelve, the twelve disciples. He says, listen how He says this, do you want to go away as well? As He's saying that, I don't know where He was at in Galilee. I don't know where He was at in Israel itself. But it surely it was a mass of people that He was teaching. And as you could see, they all just begin to leave like people leaving the church building on a Sunday morning. And He looks to His disciples and He says, is that what y'all want to do? Y'all want to join them? Y'all want to go? It breaks me to hear him say that. But praise God, praise God for Peter again. And he says this, look at it church. Verse 68, Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. That's it. There's nowhere else to go. This is it. It's Jesus or bust for John Freeman and it should be that way for you and for all of us. He has the words of eternal life. There's nowhere else to go, church. He's it. He is the man. And we must follow Him until we go be with Jesus. we got to guard our people from those false teachings. Pray with me, church. Pray. Lord, we need You so desperately in the times we live in. Lord, there's so many false teachers out there. When Paul was teaching and preaching this, he was, he was astounded that these folks had turned away. But Lord, we know that's happening. That doesn't blindside You. You know. You know all things. But Lord, I just pray in Jesus' name that You'll protect the body of Christ. Everdrove Baptist Church, other churches listening by way online, and I pray, Lord, You'll protect them from false teaching, that they'll be more studious in how they approach people online, people who uh, preach and teach in front of them, and that they'll, they'll guard it, they'll protect, they'll do everything they can, Lord, to compare it to the Scriptures that they read. And if it's not in there, Lord, to turn away. Turn away from it. Lord, I, I, I am... I am interested to see what's going to happen when we start joining church again. I pray in the name of Jesus it won't be, oh, I know people will be cautious, Lord, about 
viruses and hand washing and those kind of things. Lord, we, we, should, we should be prudent. But I pray, Lord, people won't take all this opportunity two and a half months and go, you know what? Hey, I've got by this long. Why do I need the church? I pray in the name of Jesus that thought, that belief will be rebuked and that, Lord, that You'll show them in Scriptures about the body of Christ corporately worshiping, meeting together. Some cannot. Some are feeble. Some are in nursing homes. Some are sick. We understand that, Lord. But those who are physically able should meet and want to meet together to corporately worship the name of Jesus. And I pray, Lord, that You'll just cause a revival to take place because of this situation. I pray the summer months won't be bare like sometimes they are because people are doing so many things for themselves. And yes, vacations are fine. Praise the Lord for free time and vacation You give us, Lord. But I pray these summer months will be a time the house of God, the houses of God are filled with God's people, ready to hear words from You and ready to be with people to worship You. Lord, we love You. Lord, if there's anybody that's listened to me that has yet to trust You as Savior and Lord, has yet to believe in You, has yet to give their life to You, has yet to turn from their sin and turn to Christ to forgive them of their sin. I pray in their room, in their living room, wherever they're at, they would just bow the knee and confess You as Lord. Confess they need You, God. Confess they are sinners and confess they need forgiveness from You. And ask for forgiveness from You and ask You to save them. And You said in Your Word, You will. Lord, thank You for the hope we have. We rejoice. We get, we get to meet again and preach Your Word and worship, Lord. And we pray that Your Word will go forth not come back void. It's in Jesus' name I do pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Edwards Road Baptist Church. We hope you are meaningfully involved in a local church. But if you aren't, we would love to have you join us on Sunday mornings as we worship God and hear from His Word together. You can find more information about our church by visiting our website at edwardsroad.org.